You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Morphology Podcast. Hey, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast and give it a thumbs up if it's deserving. It helps me out a lot. And a quick shout out to Simmons Electric, our newest sponsor. Since 2004, they have been doing residential and commercial wiring, whole house generator installations, and so much more. Their slogan is small business, big results. And Simmons Electric is a huge supporter of Iowa Bike Trails and Lamba, a local mountain biking nonprofit. Thanks, Mike, and everyone at Simmons Electric for supporting the podcast and for supporting bikes. AKA Murph here to share interviews about biking experiences from cyclists who have pedaled to places all over. Each week, we will get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder, why haven't I done that yet? Today, meet Diane, who is on to talk about some of her bike adventures utilizing charter services who handle all the prep work, the logistics, and hauling of her gear. What better way to see beautiful views of the United States by bicycle without the hassle of planning the who, what, when, and where? She hasn't always been a cyclist, but got into cycling as a way to cross-train for cross-country ski racing. She's going to tell us about some of the places she has gone with her bike and also get a bit into her other two sports, which are cross-country ski racing and racing high-performance catamarans. Sounds like a great way to stay fit all year round. So here's my interview with Diane. All right, well, on the show today, we have Diane. Hey, Diane. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Well, I met Diane kind of like the episode I posted a while back about the Wabash Trace. I also met Diane on the Birds and Bees ride, which we pedaled on the Wabash Trace, and it was a supported ride by um, the Pork Belly Ventures. Yeah, that was that was a great start for my cycling season. I mean, it was it was awesome. I mean, I yeah. couldn't, I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. I, totally. yes, I had a blast too. And I definitely have that back on the list to go back and do it again. Uh, maybe take a little, you know, a few more days or do something longer miles, maybe go all the way to the Missouri border. I'm not sure, but I definitely want to go back. Yeah, me too. For me, I, as soon as I heard about that ride and saw it, I was just like, oh, this is perfect mm-hmm. because the weather where I live has been kind of, it's, it's kind of takes a while for the warmer weather to come around. And so I knew it was going to be warmer there, first of all. And second of all, that cooler weather that we have, it's kind of hard to like train for anything like mm. real major unless you just really don't care and just get out there anyway. And so it was sort of kind of low mileage, I guess mm-hmm. you could call it. And so for me, I was just like, okay, this is exactly what I need right now, right now so I was just like all in as soon as I saw it and plus it wasn't that far for you know for me to get to and so yeah yeah well great one of my first questions I want to ask you is where you live and what the cycling culture is like there and you've already given us a hint that it's a little bit colder so I'm guessing it's maybe midwest yeah I'm from Racine Wisconsin and for those of you who don't know your listeners out there it's South of Milwaukee and north of Chicago. And so we're actually situated on Lake Michigan. And so the lake has a pretty significant um, impact on our weather. Mm. And so 
So our winters are a little bit milder, but they're actually still really cold because it's we have really damp winters here. Mm-hmm. And then our summers take a lot longer to warm up again because of the cold like Michigan. And so so our summers don't really turn into like really summery until let's say end of June, even into July. Mm. I mean, it's still kind of. I don't know, kind of kind of summer, but sort of even spring at this point in the year. So mm-hmm. back in May, it was, you know, it was still pretty cool around here. So, yeah, that's where I live in Racine. And as far as the cycling goes, well, let's see here. So, yeah, it's pretty good. I'd say we have a little mix of everything. We've got some really, really nice backcountry roads. And then we also have a decent trail system. And so, you know, we have a little bit of everything and, I guess you can, you know, you can only go north or west mm-hmm. or south because you'll run into the lake, right? So that limits our option in one direction. But, like, we have pretty nice trail even along Lake Michigan, which is really beautiful. And you can ride it, you know, hit or miss all the way up to Milwaukee. So that's pretty cool. That's a really nice option. You can head up and, you know, hit the coffee shops up in Milwaukee. And that'd be, like, let's just say a 30-mile ride or something mm-hmm. like that one way. Mm-hmm. 35 miles one way or whatever. But um, yeah, and then there's some ambitious people that figure out ways to ride all the way downtown into Chicago from where I live. So that's, yeah. So, or some people might, you know, take the train down and ride back or something like that. That's another option that people can kind of do from where I live. So, Mm -hmm. but we have a little bit of everything. We've got the, the, you know, the evening crowds that are, you know, fast and furious you know, those kind of riders. Mm-hmm. And then we also have, um, seems like a newer set of riders that's kind of come out in the last year or so. And our bike club has even offered a couple of beginner rides and stuff. So that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. So have a little bit of everything. Right. Here. And um, I have i don't think that I've ever been to racing. I don't think so. But is it, um, we've talked about this on previous podcasts, but is it true that there's mostly paved roads? You're not going to find a lot of gravel in your area? That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, when people around here, you know, when people talk about gravel bikes or gravel rides, well, really it's really not that because mm-hmm. it's mostly paved or if it isn't paved, it's like crushed limestone. Mm, okay. So, you know, we don't, we don't really have a need for the really ambitious, you know, fat tire, you know, rough bike that, mm-hmm. that exists out there. But I mean, plenty of people have them, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but, but no, it's pretty much paved or, you know, like I said, crushed limestone. Mm-hmm. So you got a little bit of everything. Plus a beautiful, plus a beautiful view of the lake. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, anytime, you know, it's, it just kind of depends on which way the wind's blowing, but yeah, it's always pretty. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, some days the, the, you know, the wind coming off the lake is pretty significant and, you know, you'll see a lot of waves and stuff, but also the wind, you know, if they have what we call a Northeaster, right. You know, that's pretty cold. So, Mm -hmm. so as far as, you're cycling, you know, depending on which way the wind's, you know, blowing, it really can make a difference in like 10 degrees of how cold or, or, you know, warm you are. Mm -hmm. So, um, you can go inland, let's just say 20 miles from here and it, it literally will be 10 degrees difference. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of like, 
it's more like the ocean, I guess, than people realize because it's, you know, it's a it's a big old lake. Mm-hmm. So it has a lot of impact on the environment around here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that is, you know, when I'm training or riding a bike, um, the least favorite thing I enjoy about biking is wind. So yeah. it sounds like... Yeah. You have plenty of opportunity for wind. So, you know, maybe you've gotten over the mental block of, you know, wind is bad when I'm riding. Maybe that's made you a stronger cyclist. Oh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know about that. Like just last night, it was it was pretty windy last night. So I don't know if I can really say, sure, I got it all handled. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you can get down in your drops, I guess, your, you know, your drop handlebars or whatever. But yeah. uh, I don't know. It's still pretty, you know, it, and it can get windy around here. I mean, this is, you know, this is the Midwest, yeah, right? Right, and right. So, and so, yeah, we, I don't know, we get pretty we get a lot of wind around here and I don't know, it's, it's just as tough for us because it is for everybody else. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, you know, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of wind, let's switch gears to talk about the Wabash Trace and the Birds and Bees ride. And the reason I connected the two is because I felt like the most of the Wabash Trace had this beautiful tree canopy and I don't recall wind at all. So I feel like we were like in this beautiful tunnel of um, unpaved but flat trail. And it just kept us rolling along with minimal wind, not a lot of, you know, sun beating down on us. But what was your thoughts on the whole trail? I think it was kind of like that for me, too. And it, the ver- at the very beginning, I was kind of like adjusting to the fact that it was sort of this, like you said, this canopy, this tunnel of green. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I sort of realized, well, this this is it. And this is how it's going to be. And so I started just sort of enjoying, kind of enjoying that aspect of, of what it was. And that's mm-hmm. actually when I started sort of hearing the birds and the bees and everything around. And and I just found it to be just really fun, just really refreshing. Mm-hmm. It, 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 and it was, I didn't, you know, like you, it was, it was pretty flat. It was flat and, you know, I didn't feel wind an issue at all. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't know. And we had a little bit of, you know, a little bit of drizzle here and there, but that really wasn't that big of a deal either because again, we had a lot of trees and it just, it was just so nice Mm -hmm. I just I just found it so nice and I I really loved that that whole sort of kind of woodsy even though we you know we really weren't we were just in this one area uh, and it it wasn't the woods but it kind of felt like it in Mm -hmm. a way you know Mm -hmm. so yeah I I felt the same way just really protected and and I don't know just really thoroughly enjoyed it Mm -hmm. just really loved it Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I uh, did an interview with Tom, who was also on the Birds and Bees ride. And we talked a little bit about the fact that it did rain, but yet the quality of the trail was such that, you know, it kind of looked really wet. And if there were a few place- places where it was sticky and maybe your tires slid around a little bit. But for the most part, I was amazed at how quickly the you know, it went from, oh, my gosh, this is going to be scary to, oh, I can ride just fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the funny thing about all of that was, is that I didn't really hear too many people really just saying, I, 
you know, I just can't do this mm-hmm. or this is just too much. I, I, I just didn't, it didn't feel that way. I mean, I, I don't know. It just maybe because it wasn't too terribly long, you know, they weren't really long days on the, on the bike, but no, I don't, I don't think that it was, it was so treacherous and I didn't, I didn't even hear really people wiping out or anything like that right, either, right. which is of course good. Yeah. Um, my, my, uh, wheels were a little slippery. I was on a road bike, mm-hmm. but, um, but again, I just, you just take it, take it a little slower and kind of, I don't know. I kind of felt like I kind of learned a little bit how to handle that kind of, yeah. you know, trail too, when, when it's a little wet, but no, I didn't, I didn't hear a lot of feedback that it was too, too treacherous or anything like that. And it didn't rut out or anything like that. Right. Either. Yeah, that that's so. I was thankful for that. Because, you know, we didn't want to ruin it for all the local people who ride on it every day. You know, we didn't right. really have the choice. But I was very excited to when I would stop, I would look back and be like, Okay, I'm not making a big old rut in this trail. But yeah. Um, yeah. And the nice thing I should probably tell listeners if they don't know already, the Wabash Trace starts in Council Bluffs, Iowa and ends all the way at the Missouri border. So I believe it's around 65 ish miles. um, Beautiful trail system. And it's it's set up pretty much how all of Iowa bike rides are, including Ragbri, where you, you know, every 10 miles or so or 12 miles, there's a town. And I felt like the Wabash Trace, the communities that are on the trail, are really pro bikes. Like they have uh, nice delis, they have little bars, they have art sculptures that are bike related. But any communities that you recall that kind of stood out for you? Well, yeah, and, and and it was it was Melvern for sure. Oh, for like sure, it, yeah. it was it was just like you described and um I mean, I've never I've never seen a little community like and it's tiny. Mm-hmm. It's tiny. But I've never seen a community rally around, you know, biking like that mm-hmm. or cycling. I don't I mean or anything, mm-hmm. any sport. Mm-hmm. It was it was crazy. I I mean, it's even hard to describe, but just it just really sent, you know, all the sculptures like you described and just the fact that they're just so open to, to this, you know, this thing going through their community and, and actually embellishing it and, mm-hmm. and just taking it under their wing. It was just, I loved, I loved Melbourne. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And I really wish that, you know, it wasn't maybe so far away from here because right. it's just one of those things you just kind of want to show off this little jewel, you know, right. and, you know, but yeah, I love, I love that community. I just thought it was just so, so fun and just fascinating. And then there was that, there was a church there that they turned into a, a painter's, it was his studio mm-hmm. and that was just open and to the public and he wasn't even there. It was just incredible. Mm-hmm. I just loved it. So yeah, for sure. Melvern, I loved it. And not to mention, it was uh, walking distance from, you know, the downtown or the hub area to a beautiful campground that we stayed at. Right, right. It was just, just you know, I, I don't even know, maybe a half a block. I mean, half a mile or something like right. that. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. And that's what we did. That's what I did. Um, and then, you know, walked around to the downtown. Mm-hmm. It was, and the weather at that point was really nice. So, mm-hmm. and we did talk to a couple locals and just, they were so friendly and, yeah, and they weren't writers or anything like that at all, but they were just just so friendly and so nice. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was fun. I loved it. I 
yeah, that's actually where I took all my pictures. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, and we should probably point out that we were part of a charter service, and it is the Pork Belly Ventures, and they do many, many, many events that, you know, you should make sure you go online. It's just pkbelly.com, and this was the first time that they showcased the Wabash Trace, Um, and for me, it was the first time doing a charter ride where I've got, you know, I get out of my tent in the morning, and there's a trailer with showers on it, that's portable. There's uh, porta potties. There is a trailer with coffee, and it, it was just—I don't know—I absolutely loved it. But have you been part of a charter before? I have. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that's that's like the only way I've ridden oh, um, nice. on these tours. Yeah. yeah. I guess. So I I'm totally into it. I mean, I and I like sleeping in a tent for rides, too. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm OK with that. But I've done a, a, a little bit of the hotel option, too. But yeah, I absolutely love going with a charter because um, then you just like you said, it's all right there and just not having to worry about, you know, just all the logistics and mm-hmm. just everything. And, and in case, you know, something happens with your bike or what have you, then you know that you've got, you know, some help and, Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so I've, I've done those kind of, kind of rides before where they, where they're put on by, you know, somebody. So yeah, like I've biked up in, um, well, cycle at Adirondacks Hmm. and, and also bike mean was like that too. But, um, those were, yeah, incredible scenery up there. Both of those areas, the cycle Adirondacks, um, I did when I was just first sort of kind of getting into the whole biking thing. Cause I haven't been a biker, a cyclist forever, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was really fun. And well, that was like when I started to realize like the importance of those small rings and why <laughs> chain rings and, oh. <laughs> you know, the difference between when you don't and why you're, why some people have to stand and some people get to just sit, <laughs> you know, and I didn't really know that kind of thing until, yeah, until it was like a little too late and I was run, under, not understanding, but yeah, yeah, anyway, but yeah, so I've done that before and um, it's the only way to go if you, you know, if you can do it that way, it makes your bike a lot later too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And did you say uh you did one in Maine? Yeah. So I've done yep, I did one in um Bike Maine a couple years ago mm. and that was really fun too. I I mean, I'd never been to Maine before right. and um just just beautiful. I mean, there were some real hard riding days um at least for me, you know, here we are in the Midwest. It it was just spectacular. I mean, we our ride was along um, some of the uh, lakefront or oceanfront and then, you know, all the kind of views that you would see in a postcard. Right. Exactly. That's exactly what we saw. Ah. And um, just just fabulous. And I mean, it, it, like I said, it was it was hilly, but it's one of those rides where you feel pretty accomplished when you finish it. And of course, the food was spectacular. I mean, there's no other word for it. I mean, they actually had a lobster night if you're into that kind of thing so that and that's yeah that's everybody's like thing and that ride fills up really quickly it's not a huge ride because people are just you know they just want to really do it Mm -hmm. but um really fun and really well run and really nice people too I mean and you know you can tell it's not a real heavily populated area Mm -hmm. but we would you know we talked to some of the locals there too and just real nice people and um friendly to the 
cycling community. And um, yeah, that was really fun. I don't know if I'll ever do it again. Just, mm-hmm. you know, kind of logistically, it's kind of hard to get to, but lots of fun. And like I said, felt pretty accomplished when I, <laughs> when I got through it all. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think, I don't even have Maine on my bucket list, but that sounds beautiful. And I definitely want to look up Bike Maine and just see what it's all about because uh, everything you just described is exactly what I would want out of a bike ride. You know, you want to feel accomplished, you want to get some miles in, but then to have a lobster dinner waiting for you one of those nights sounds pretty inviting. Yeah. Unbelievable, seriously. Yeah. And, I mean, if you think of everybody chowing down on that at once, it, it's really <laughs> what it was. It was just like, wow, is this real? Oh, you know, that's and, awesome. And, so yeah, it was fun. And to point out, you know, you said how, how friendly everybody was. Um, on a side note, I just got back from a trip um, all the way up in Brainerd, Minnesota, on the Paul Bunyan Trail. And, you know, there were definitely, it was a paved trail, right? So most of the time we were kind of out in the middle of nowhere and the locals would always be like, watch out for bears, which we didn't see any, which was kind of a bummer, except if it would have been an aggressive bear, this would be a different story. So I'm glad I didn't see any bears. But the amazing thing that I wanted to point out was every time we were in a town or crossing a major street, the vehicles, the people in the vehicles were so overly friendly, like they would stop and let us go. They would wave us on, they would honk, you know, friendly honks. I was so amazed at northern Minnesota and how bike friendly, at least the area I was in. Yeah, good to know. Yeah. Yeah. That actually sounds like Iowa. That's how they are in Iowa. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, and that brings you to my next question. Besides the main event, um, are there any other bike adventures that you've been part of? A quick interruption to give a shout out to Primal Wear. Cycling is their passion and apparel is their craft. So if you're in the market for a New Jersey, bibs, mask, or any cycling apparel, go to primalwear.com and use code Primal Murph to get 20% off your purchase. Yes, 20% off. Now back to the show. Well, let's see. I Well, I did, like I said, I did cycle Adirondacks, mm-hmm. and that was my first first one into kind of like finding out what what real hills are um and or where mountains was, even. where was that one it cycle the adirondacks are in um upstate new york oh gosh okay okay yeah so that was that was um that we took a shorter one on that one and and again very similar to maine it was just beautiful really nice nice people and they were trying to kind of raise funds for for that area around Lake Placid, that kind of area, mm-hmm. just trying to upgrade some of the local communities. And um, so just really good grassroots stuff going on up there. And this was a few years ago also. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd recommend that one, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, again, really well run and just beautiful and, again, really great people. And, and the thing I especially loved about that one, personally, I kind of get into, like, like some of the culture and the kind of history sometimes in communities. And, Mm -hmm. and if you can kind of picture some of, some of the things that you don't really think about in New York, but we think about them and maybe associated with Boston, but kind of like the French and Indian war and that kind of stuff was Mm. like all there. And so they also had these like cultural programs and, and even stuff for the non-rider spouse that might be along. So, so we found out a lot about, like I said, the history and the culture of that area. And that Mm. was I really actually like that too. Mm. Um, on top of 
on top of the writing. So yeah, that would be that would be a good one. And of course, I've also done Rag Bride. Hey, several times. there we go. Yeah, so you know that's the granddaddy, and that's the best of all, of course. Mm-hmm. So for sure, very good. I am doing the uh, Gap and CNO Trail in August, and that is a bike ride from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to Washington D.C. And of course, I'm excited about actually pedaling, but I'm more excited about seeing all the history uh, along yep. that towpath. Like I just, I, you know, I can't wait. Just like you said, it's so much more to give you besides just the bike ride and the visual. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. And so when you have that extra, that extra stuff going along, it's fun too. Yeah, I've kind of looked at that one before, and you know, I haven't gotten into it yet. But hopefully, yeah, that'll be on my bucket list. I. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a toss up. Sometimes you want to go for scenery, but sometimes you kind of want to go for maybe a little bit of history or something if yeah, you can. So yeah, yeah. it's it's all good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I already know the answer to this, but when you're not biking, are there other things that you're out doing that are exciting to tell the listeners? A quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by Lizard Lips Lip Balm. These great lip balms contain natural ingredients, come in a variety of flavors, and you can choose certified organic or balms with sun protection. Check it out at lizardlips.net. Now back to the show. Well, one of the reasons I got into cycling a little bit later is because I always want to make sure I'm like exercising and, and training pretty heavily in the summer because in the winter... Um, I, I cross country ski and Mm. a lot of people, people kind of just think of, you know, toddling along on two skis, you know, through the woods, but we don't really do that. We do more like racing. And so, um, and we, we race like typically maybe like a half marathon or marathon distance. And so it's, it's real training that we have to do. Mm -hmm. And so in the summer, the cycling keeps me you know, halfway fit for endurance stuff so that I'm ready for, for the, um, for the skiing in the winter. Mm -hmm. And, and so just again, for your listeners who may be interested, because a lot of cyclists, at least in the, in the upper Midwest, a lot of cyclists cross country ski, but, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of crossover there, but we have the kind of the biggest, grandest granddaddy of them all, um, for cross country ski racing, right in our backyard in Northern Wisconsin and it's called the American Berkabiner. Mm. And so it's kind of like um like the Boston Marathon only it's you know ski skiing mm-hmm. and anybody can do it. So it's not you don't have to qualify. So you can be a sort of a weekend warrior and then or we also have people that are like literally um Olympians or former Olympians or world class champions wow. that come and do it. So it's it, there's you know, and it's kind of like a, almost like a week long event. Mm-hmm. And then, um, there's something kind of for everybody. And, um, so yeah, so like that, we usually train pretty hard for that. Um, and when you're you racing, know. okay, so I am not a cross country skier. Um, although I should be now that you describe it, that it's, you know, good cross training, but, uh, all I can think of is, you know, a groom trail where two skis go and, you know, off you go. But if you're racing, how are you like competing? And so if the guy in front of you is going a little bit slower, do you have to like go into deep snow to get around them or like give us well, an idea of how that works? 
Well, that's one type. That's kind of the classic type of skiing. And then there's another one called skate skiing. And skate skiing is what I do. Mm. And nobody, and it is literally like almost like skating. And nobody ever really knows what it is until the Olympics come around. And then they see, sometimes they see it on TV at the Olympics. Mm. But the skate skiing, you just have to have a groomed trail. So the trail has been groomed. And so you just, you know, ski down it, ski, mm-hmm. you know. But the kind of problem that you're talking about is they sometimes there there's usually four tracks. And so or depending upon how many skiers oh, are already. So, you can... so, yeah, you can go around people in the other t- uh, in the other tracks. And that's that's like in a race. That's kind of what they do. And, mm. and you know, it, it happens all the time that people kind of switch back and forth just if they happen to be slower or faster down a hill or mm-hmm. what have you. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, so and it's a little bit. It's a little bit kind of like mountain biking. I mean, you're, you're, you know, cross country skiing when you're not just out sort of like tooling around, you know, in a, like a golf course or something, but you're actually out in a trail system. It's a little bit like mountain biking in that the trail twists and turns and goes up and down. Oh, and, wow. and so um, that's again, kind of like how people that, you know, like especially mountain bike, but, but actually road bike too like to kind of transition into skiing Mm -hmm. so yeah I mean there's a lot of cross training there and a lot I mean a lot of the really good skiers are cyclists I mean they just are Mm -hmm. I mean you just that's just the way it works and once you start talking to someone you'll find that out Mm -hmm. so and I I have a a small group of friends that goes up to Wisconsin and they call it the Berkabiner but they're doing it on fat bikes is that the same sort of event yeah, well, see, yeah, that is that's that's a kind of a newer addition to the whole Berkey ah. thing that they've created. So that's that's on the same trail, and it's I think it's a week after the Berkey, and it's the only it's the only weekend the entire season that that fat bikes are allowed on that trail. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and that is something you need to. I know. It just sounds like so much fun. I mean, kind of hard, kind of right. scary, maybe. <laughs> right. like really scary. But but actually, that's on the kind of the to do list too. Somehow, some way, because I I know that that's supposed to be really fun and a really big deal. But it's yep, it's the same trail oh, system. Okay. But All you right. can only ride a only ride on it one time a year, and it's it's for that race. And that's a huge race, by the way. Like. For fat bikes, it's Mm -hmm. like huge. Like I think one of the biggest, if not the biggest, in the country. People come from all over to ride in that race. So okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, same thing. I yeah, I may need to consider doing some cross country skiing. Like you know, we do snowshoeing here in Iowa, but it's you know only if there's enough enough snow and it's not you know melty and too soupy. So interesting, interesting. Well, what adventures do you have on the horizon? Well, um, the most immediate one would be Ragbri. And so I'm just, just going to, you know, keep my miles up the best I can mm-hmm. between now and then. And, and that's, that's pretty much, you know, my next, my next thing. And I'm probably going to try to get into something yet in August, just because I feel like I'm making up for last, lost time right, from last, last summer. Year, yeah. So, yeah. And then, I mean, here and there, um, I'll be probably, we also are pretty avid, um, sailors in this house. Mm. And so we, we, we race, uh, high performance catamarans. And so, um, I'm kind of like 
sort of taken a little bit of a backseat to that and actually getting more into the right bike cycling. But um, yeah, so I'll probably be getting out on our on our sailboats a little bit here and there this summer. And whether I do any racing or not, I haven't really decided yet. Mm-hmm. But um, that's another thing that we kind of do in the summer. That's again, we got Lake Michigan right here in our right, back door. Right. And, um, and then we can, we tend to do a lot of traveling with it too. And so we will do some sailing like in all over in Wisconsin. And so, yeah, and we said we have, I've done a lot of sailing over the years. So, you know, race sailboats, many places of down in Florida and all kinds of crazy stuff. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, and, and these are fun boats. They're, they're, like I said, kind of high performance catamarans. They're not your Hobie cat that you kind of just sit on the beach and, mm-hmm have have cocktails with but <laughs> that's what I was yeah that's what I was picturing is me on the netting in the front having a drink while you guys are like you know keeping the boat going at 60 miles an hour and <laughs> yeah not quite but be, be actually that's around. what yeah some people say well can we go for a ride and it's kind of like mm, there's no riding on sailboats <laughs> it's work but that's what you do when you have a, a motor and a power boat then right. you go for a ride right. but yeah but anyway, you learn pretty quickly on a sailboat that um, this is work. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like you're set year round for uh, athletic activity. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's kind of how I, how I operate. That's my husband also. And I mean, I, I like other things too in life, but I definitely like, like exercise. And I've been, I've been kind of doing that for my whole pretty much a whole adult life mm-hmm. actually my whole life and um you know like I started sailing back when I was in my early 20s and so yeah so I that's kind of how in the midwest at least for us you know the winters can be a little long mm-hmm. so when you have something that you're pretty passionate about that helps you you know continue through through the winter and whether it's running or or cycling or or whatever but if you have something that you can you know, keep going, keeping, keeping it going all through the winter. It doesn't seem quite so bad. And for me, again, like with skiing, like I love, I actually love the snow. So, you know, I don't hate it when the snow flies, which, you know, some people do, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I, we got a lot going on here to keep us busy with exercise and sports and stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, it's, uh, it just makes it more, more fun and more interesting, you know? Right. So. Yeah. Keeps the, your life spicy when you have fun stuff going on all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And the cycling, I mean, you can keep doing that as long as you have the right, you know, the right bike for every occasion as far as, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I just need to get, you know, get another one. So I feel like I can, you know, operate in the snow or what have you maybe. <laughs> right. So not right. quite there yet. Right. But. Yeah. Well, good. Well, we're recording this in the middle of June. So you've got, I don't know, about six weeks or so to get yourself ready to come to Iowa for Ragbri. Is it six weeks? Wow. I think so. so, Yeah. Well, I I did finish a ride, a tour, if you will, last week. So I feel better after having gotten that under my belt. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was actually pretty easy compared to Ragbri. (laughs) Where did you go last week? Well, I was in Southern Illinois, mm. um, way, way down South and it was really hot. I have to say, um, it was, we had like above 95, I think like every day. Um, and one day they said there was a heat warning and they, they rerouted and retimed and reset everything. And they said mm. the, the, the roads are supposed to melt 
I don't know, that's my word, but the tar gets really gooey and mm-hmm. sticky apparently because it was supposed to be 101. So they said you need to, you know, they made some changes in the route. They said, you know, some people can take a bus and, you know, reroute the whole thing, go get your cars, et cetera, et cetera. So, so that was crazy. But I will, I do have to say, despite the fact that it was, you know, like I said, 95, 97 degrees, it just didn't seem nearly as hot as Ragbri. Um, <laughs> the humidity was low. We had a lot of shade. We were on um, a pretty extensive trail system down there, actually. Really nice trail system, I might add. I mean, the nicest trail system I've ever seen. Mm. I mean, really, really nice down there. Madison County, Illinois, is where a lot of these trails are. Mm. But, um, yeah, so so we rode you know, we rode on average about 55 miles a day. So I feel much more prepared for, for Ragbury than I did say about 10 days ago. I still got a ways to go because these, the trails down there in Illinois were really flat. Mm. And, um, I know what that Ragbury is. I know there's some, (laughs) there's some, what they call rolling hills. So, um, got to get kind of prepared for those, yeah. right? And I will tell you, I um, part of in part of the pre-ride inspection route team. So I've done Ragbri already this year. We do it the first full week of June, and there are definitely some rolling hills. Um, but there was nothing. I think there was only one hill that was named. And typically, when you find a hill that's named, you know you're in for a treat as far as elevation. But for right. the most part. Um, we were fighting the same as you. We were fighting like really, really hot heat. And we were also fighting headwind, which typically by July, that's kind of shifted. So um, I'm hopeful that it will not be as windy. But yeah, those hills are not going anywhere. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's true. And um, I, again, the people that, that really don't, you know, don't really understand I mean, I'll never drive through Iowa again. And I drive through there a lot because um, we go to Denver to visit family members. Mm-hmm. And and we drive a lot with our dog. I'll never look at that terrain and those hills in Iowa, diff- you know, the same again. Because <laughs> I've ridden them now versus right. just ridden in my car through them. Right, and right. So it's a, it's a totally different perspective I have for those big rolling, you know. And, and they're beautiful, you yeah, know, vi- yeah. vistas, if you will. Yeah, so. we go through Grantwood Country this year, and I'm sure listeners know who Grantwood is. And if you don't, Google it. But he's a famous painter from, um, I don't know when, the 30s or the 40s, a while ago. But the the places he painted are the literally the areas we're riding through. So you're like, come up over a hill and you're like, oh my God, this looks like a Grantwood painting. And then you're like, it probably is. There probably is a painting that exists of the view that we are seeing right now. So it's just beautiful. So sweet. Yeah. So, well, anyway, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I, I wanted to make sure if there's any, you know, organization that you're big fans of or anything you want to plug, now's the time. Oh, well, sure. So um, our local bike club, it's KR Bike Club, Kenosha Racine Bike Club. They've been, you know, they've been a real help for me getting getting into this. Um, Like I said, I've been doing this my whole life. So they're they're a good resource for anybody who wants to know the roads and the trails around here. And and Mm -hmm. actually people other than myself Mm -hmm. really know these back roads and the safe ones for riding. So, so that's a good resource. And of course I can just give a little plug to my local 
Trek store because they're yeah. they're the people that keep my bike rolling. And if you don't know, you should know that Trek is from right here in Wisconsin, about an hour and a half from my house. Nice. So I'm a big supporter of them too. So yeah, so it's all good. Um, nice. You should come to Racine and see the lake and see what we have. Yeah. And if you decide to go for a boat ride with Diane, do not bring a drink. You're going to be put to yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. And be prepared to work and pull some lines and, yeah. and, 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 and a little bit of that and we'll get you out on the water. That's right. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Well, listeners, that's it for this week. Thank you, Diane, for taking the time to come on and talk about some of your adventures. She talked about some really good rides and events, so check out the show notes for websites. Email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com if you have a topic or the name of a cyclist you find interesting. Visit my Instagram page for daily entertainment and check out my website for all kinds of bike-related stuff. I'll leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of morphology. This quote comes from Ernest Hemingway. It is by riding a bicycle that you learn the contours of the country best, since you have to sweat up the hills and can coast down them. Think about it. Thank you.